besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Let's have a look at some round ball that's been happening in recent times and very recently some huge results in Europe this morning, the Champions League. Uh, joining us now, Fred de Jong. Uh, Fred, uh, how do you manage your viewing with so much good football on at the moment? What did you catch? Yeah, isn't it? It's uh, Champions League. I, I mean, I love Champions League. It's um, you know, the, the football you get in Champions League is awesome, especially when you get to the knockout round. Obviously, the group stage... Um, you, uh, there's always the chance. There's always a second chance, and so player teams sort of play a little bit cagey. But once you get to the knockout stage, you know it's uh, it's full on, and so you know you see that's when you see teams at their absolute best. But um, the, I think the the game for Kiwis this morning was the Copenhagen Man City game mm. um, because of Marco Staminich, um played. Pretty much a full game, got substituted in the last few seconds. Um, and Copenhagen with a pulled off a nil all draw. Although, you know, City had a guy, had Gomez sent off after 30 minutes, so, you know, battling away with 10 men for most of the game. But, um, you know, the, the gap in quality between those two, two teams is huge. And we saw that when City put out their best team last week and won 5 0. And then against 10 men, you know, even then Copenhagen couldn't really um, threaten that much. And I know it'll, it's probably a disappointing draw for, for City fans. And I know it's early early stages, a long way to go in the Champions League. But do you see in this Manchester City squad, they've got a team that can finally win the Champions League? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the, 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 the big talking point in football at the moment is like Haaland. And, you know, he didn't play. Foden didn't play this morning. Um, so resting players, you know, they've, they've qualified for the knockout stages. They're going to finish top of the group. So there's no real stress on Champions League at the moment for City. Um, bigger fish to fry later mm. later in the, uh, in the in the tournament. But um, certainly they have the, the players and the team this year. Um, and now they have an out-and-out goal scorer. And he is just breaking records left, right, and centre. And um, yeah, if you, I think all around the world and all around, especially all around Europe, uh, other teams are going. How do we? How do we stop him? How do we stop the delivery into him? And how do we stop him scoring? And you know that makes for fascinating viewing at the moment. Yeah, you'd have to be deaf and blind to not not have heard of Erling Haaland and the noises he's making. That already at this young age, he's he's being talked about as the potential of the, being the greatest striker ever seen. Now, once a striker, always a striker, Fred. So, as a striker yourself, <laughs> what what does he do different that separates him from the best? Uh, he's got all the physical attributes. Um, <clears throat> so he's a big guy, tall, um, tall and strong. Uh, and he's quick. Mm. He's super quick. Got a really long stride. So you know, once he gets going, he is he's hard to hard to rein in. And so you know, he's but it's no it's not a surprise. He's a, he's he's been a good player for a few years. You know, he's been now. It's just that now he's in the Premier League, and the media around the Premier League is so much more than it is say Bundesliga, where where he's been playing. He's been in Dortmund. He scored. 
50 goals, 49 goals for Dortmund, 13 assists in 52 games um, over the last two seasons. So he's scoring a goal a game. He's been doing that for for two years now in a in a top top level competition. The reason you haven't really heard about him is also because Bayern Munich win that league every year virtually, and so you know he's pulled Dortmund up into a position whereby they challenge they're, they're challenging Bayern really strongly over the last few years, and now he's transferred into you know the richest club or one of the richest clubs in the world. Um, they have. In essence, an unlimited budget. Um, he's surrounded by players like Kevin De Bruyne, who can deliver the ball on a plate to him. And the thing is, he is a really good finisher of the ball. He hits the ball so cleanly, and I, don't know, I just think you, you watch him. He throws his body at the ball, and then just manages to cushion the ball into the net, which is an incredibly difficult skill to do. But he just makes it look so easy. The other thing I like about him, because I like the story behind the story, he's a bit weird off the field. Like, I, I just heard yesterday he doesn't <coughs> eat meat, he only eats offal. And the first thing he does every morning when he wakes up is he looks at the sun to adjust his body clock. I like a little bit of weirdness in our superstars. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Boy, I, I, and you, you, uh, it, it's incredible because, like, over the last two weeks, Obviously, the you know because it's what two or three weeks you know because he scored you know, a couple of hat tricks and you know the twenty goals and X number of games in all competitions and breaking records left, right, and centre, and suddenly all the you know these weird and wonderful stories yeah. start coming out. You know, <laughs> uh, someone started a petition to get him banned because he's too good. Um, you know, he does this, he does that. It's like you know, there's a clause in his contract that Real Madrid can pull him back. Well, you know, it's like weird, you know, and you're just going, man, it started. Yeah. <laughs> it must be, and you think, he's a young guy, so it's like, it must be so hard for him to be in this absolute spotlight, you know, but obviously his his uh, things are running pretty good for him at the moment, so yeah, must be, it'll be interesting to see how long it goes, it carries on. Uh, in that City game, um, there are a few VAR calls go against them, like... What do you make of VAR? Could it be more consistent? Does it does it get too much talked about? It, it, it's it's becoming like the bunker in the NRL. Do, do you feel like VAR could be explained better to the viewers? Oh, I hate VAR. Mm. I think it's a, I think it's um, yeah. I, I I just think it's it's like with all technology, um, it suffers from overreach. Um, and so, and football's no no different to a lot of all, a lot of other sports, you know, because um, you you give people the technology, and that takes the decision away. As much as they like to say it doesn't, it takes the decision away from the referee who sees it in real time, makes his call, and then gets asked to review his call. And I think that's that's the the failing in VAR. And I think um, they've also tried to make VAR um, cover too many situations, and so that means you you get what we saw this morning. You know, uh, a, a wonderful goal, like this amazing strike from outside the area. You know, top corner, and you go awesome goal, and it gets pulled back for a uh, a handball, um, like just before the the, the shot. And you're just going, really? <laughs> really? Do you really want to chalk off that sort of 
um, incident because of a innocuous sort of handball. Yeah, so to me, yeah, VAR, um, yeah, I, I, I would take it, I would limit it to, um, you know, one or two things. They did a really good job of VAR with the goal line technology. Yeah. Because, and the reason that that, that worked so well is because they said, they just put it out to anyone and they said, all we need is you to tell us that the ball's crossed the line and it's a three-dimensional plane of the goal area, has to have crossed the line and we need it on the referee's watch that the referee has, has to signal the referee's watch within one second. That was the brief. They just put it out there and they said, you come back with a solution. And all the the technophobes around the world went, oh, there's some money in this. (laughs) I'm going to put out a system. And they end up, they, they use cameras and triangulation and all that to get a system that works really fast, really easy, very very defined, and they should do the same thing with offside. This is the parameters. You tell me, you work it out, and you give me a, a yes, no, or black and white, whatever, and um, and then and then see what what people come up with. Because yeah, at the moment the VAR is, is too wide, stops the game, um, and all you're doing is making um, a decision that a referee can make. Just more contentious because it comes out of a off a TV screen. Yeah, which makes it less appetising, less consumable, and uh, frustration in the fans. And uh, absolutely, and 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 also the the worst thing for me is it takes emotion out of the game. Yes, because you score a goal, and that's the pinnacle of, of football. You score a goal and you celebrate, you know. And v, what VAR's done is it's taken that emotion away because you score and then you wait. Yeah. And then, and then you go, oh, great goal. Oh, thanks very much. You've just stolen my moment. And that, to me, is criminal. And, yeah, I think um, the administrators who pushed VAR really hard just before the, uh, the Russia World Cup did a real disservice to the game. Before we leave the Champions League, uh, we've talked about the squad strength and the superstars in the Man City crew. Who's the threat? Give us, give us a couple of threats, the big hurdles that they've got to get over to win this Champions League. Uh, who else would there be? I think, um, obviously, it'll be Real Madrid because they're perennially um, in, in the mix in the Champions League. Um, you know, they've won it, I think, 10, 11 times, most, most, uh, most titles ever. Um, I would also say... Napoli are mm. playing really good football at the moment, but probably don't have the absolute quality to go to go all the way. Bayern Munich, although they're struggling in the in the Bundesliga at the moment, they um, they're 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 always there or thereabouts. But I mean, and then and then you probably look at some of the other English teams: Tottenham, Chelsea, you know, are, are going to qualify out of the group stage, goes to an open draw then, uh, and so yeah, I think um, you could. They could get upset by another English team, mm. but yeah, and and sorry, and also Paris Saint Germain, you know, who also who are who are desperate to win <laughs> to win this competition, <laughs> and again, they 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 haven't won it either. So they you know they went close last year um, or two years ago, and yeah, so they'll be they'll be desperate. Neymar, Messi, Mbappe um, sitting at PSG, so they're they're a threat. But defensively, not great. Mm. 
I was going to say a bit closer to home with the Premier League. It's just as far away from home geographically, but it feels a little <laughs> bit closer because yeah. it's got the history. Arsenal's still at top of the table, and I want to stop talking about Man City, but City are going to chase them. Um, can Arsenal, can they make a break? Can, can they kick away? No. <laughs> I don't think so. I was being hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'd be nice. It'd be a lovely story if they could. Um, but no, I think uh, City are winning easy. And man, uh, and Arsenal uh, are just winning in a lot of games. So, you know, you saw on the on the weekend, you know, City 4-0 against Southampton, um, albeit, you know, Southampton near the bottom, like bottom third of the table. But, um, you know, the City just score so freely. And, and Arsenal... Yeah, they're playing well, and they're playing well. They play very good counter-attacking football, free-flowing as they sort of stretch down the field. Score some lovely goals so far this year. A um, couple of the goals in that Liverpool go- Arsenal-Liverpool game were, were really nice, you know, beautiful moves with a, with a tidy finish at the end. Um, but I think, you know, I think they'll get the jitters um, come. Uh, Later in the season, and and of course everything's going to get very disrupted soon with the with the World Cup coming mm. around the corner. So you know, um, competitions will all stop through November, December. Um, players, international players, will all take off, play the World Cup, come back, then have to get straight back into club football. So they'll they'll probably be a bit tired. Um, so so there's going to be an impact on the the Premier League and and these teams. Um, maybe that'll help Arsenal uh, because cities, pretty much all the city's players will disappear for internationals. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I think Arsenal uh, are doing really well, playing nice football. But um, can they sustain it for the whole year? I, I just don't think so. And the other thing about the World Cup you've just mentioned there, of course, uh, Premier League season's been split into two parts. Injuries will be picked up at the World Cup and therefore the complexion of this, the second part of the Premier League um, could change it could change its complexion. I'd imagine the, the Premier League uh, football managers will be watching that not really to be entertained, just hoping their players don't do ankles or knees. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, always, always. Like imagine like you know, Kevin De Bruyne off the, with Belgium picks up a, a bad injury I mean that would set Man City right back. Yes, they've got players that can that can slot in there, but are they of the of that sort of quality? No, mm. no, they're not. And so you know, yeah, there's key key players in there at the World Cup that uh, that, that managers will, will certainly sweat on. Um, yeah, and and it, and it's also the load. You know, there's there's just an, an added load for for the players that aren't going to the World Cup. It'll be a really good time to recharge, mm. but um, for those that are there, it's, it's pretty full on. Yeah, I reckon there'll be lots of keyhole surgery in the UK during <laughs> the World <Yeah>. Cup. <laughs> and it's just come out, uh, Fred De Jong, Danny Hay, no longer the All Whites coach. I'm not as entrenched in football as you, but this sounds crazy because we've got fantastic players who've endorsed Danny Hay. Um, he loved the job. New Zealand football community seemed to love Danny Hay, and it's fallen over. Is this a bigger tragedy? Is what I'm detecting? Uh, well, I think it's, it's it is surprising. It is surprising. I think um, that um, that he's not going to continue in the role. Um, I think ultimately, it's 
it comes down to, you know, we were we failed to get to the World Cup, and um, you know, and and the New Zealand football have, have gone well. Um, we, you know, we the team plays nice football. That's great, but you know, we we didn't we didn't achieve our goal, and I think that's um, that's where this has eventually come from. Isn't making the World Cup like that is massive and it's huge, but I think around the world it's not expected for New Zealand to win the World Cup. But have we not seen enough to give them another dig? Because if you let them go, you must have someone better in mind to take his place. Um, and, and that's the point. I think, um, you know, may, maybe there's something else sitting behind this. There's a review going on about uh, the, the camp and that, uh, around Costa, the Costa Rica game. There were, you know, rumours are there were some issues in there with um, players and and some st- some other stuff. Um, so, so yeah, maybe that maybe there's a there's a bunch of things that haven't come out yet that possibly will come out later that'll um, that'll make sort of put some reasoning behind this uh, this decision. But um, and then and I think it also winds back into what we've been hearing about, you know, the players sending a le- letters to the board wanting more games. Um, and the like, um, which is true. The, the All Whites need to play, and they need to play as much as possible, yes. Um, but also, the window after the Intercontinental Playoffs is probably the least most important window there is. And so I think probably the New Zealand football have said, well, we're not sure on our coach. We um, So we're going to sort all that out before we go out and try and sort out some games, because if Danny was going to continue... Yes, they needed games in November. If he wasn't, as is the case now, um, then we're going to be in a process selecting a new coach. So we don't we don't need to play. And I think um, you know financially massive hit for not making the World Cup because it's worth sixteen million dollars. Um, so you know they're, now they're, they they've been looking at the money, going, is that window necessary? No. Um, and and so for for football now. Um, the, the process starts to find a new coach, and it's a very desirable job because more than likely you always will be at the next World Cup, and for a coach getting to the World Cup is a, a massive um, tick on your CV. All right, Fred. All right, uh, I, I'm a little bit clearer. I'm a little bit clearer, but it's, <laughs> it sounds like there's still a few murky smoke, smoke clouds out there that need that we need to see through the other side, and hopefully in the in the fullness of time we'll get to those. But uh, Fred, thanks so much for your time today. All good, mate. Cheers. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.